coffee even though you just stepped away for like 40 seconds. Yeah, I want to keep it as warm as possible, okay? It's all about the hot coffee. You could put it in the Yeti thing, it would stay hot. I know, you could have put it in the Yeti thing. I don't you like mine. You made my... it, right? Oh, yeah, I did. <laughs> Damn. <laughs> okay, I'll never make you coffee the, uh, again. No, the Yeti thing would have been good. Yeah. Sorry, been good. I didn't think about that. Okay, next time I'll remember. Hello, everyone. Welcome into the Untitled Life podcast. And today you just have one host, and it's me. It's Amy. So normally this podcast is hosted by Caleb and Amy. You'll even see that there in our title. But today things are a little bit different. We've got a special episode planned for you today. Um, I am going to be interviewing Caleb. <laughs> The other host. Yes, there you the are. Normal. Hey, yes. hey, everyone. I'm still here. Yes. I guess I'm just not co-hosting no. today. No, today you are playing the role of the interviewee. No, the guest. I hate. I don't like interviewee. Yeah, the guest. The, guest. the yes. guest on the podcast, which this is this is a tall seat to fill. We've had lots of great guests on this podcast. Mm. You know, we've had uh, the Raider clan, Mr. Mm. Raider and future Mrs. Raider. <laughs> we've had the darling dirtbag on here. We've mm-hmm. had... You know, lots of fantastic guests. We um, really have. The original builder of our van, Santiago, Travis Wild. Mm-hmm. Sarah Beth and Peyton. Sarah Beth and Peyton. Yes. Yes. So uh, it's big. It's a big seat to fill. Yes. Not literally. Yes. But. Just like. Metaphorically. Yes. Yes. Uh, you know, it's it's a lot of pressure on me from going, moving from the seat right beside you to the seat right across from you, which is a camping chair. <laughs> yes. We, we even rearranged um, our seating arrangement to make it more of like a a guest and host vibe. Normally, Caleb and I just sit right next to each other, but for this episode, <laughs> we decided to sit across the table from each other. Correct. So. <laughs> and if you missed it, we actually did, we reversed roles beforehand with Amy as the guest yes. and myself, Caleb, being the only host in mm-hmm. what we call our campfire chat, where we got to know a little bit about some things about Ames. So yes. you should go check that one out, because that'll probably be a more entertaining episode. No, I doubt it. I do remember at the end of that episode, though, when I said, I can't wait to interview you, you said you were scared. <laughs> oh, shit. Okay. So are you still scared? That's going to be my first not, question. Not in the moment right now. Okay, good. I'm not yet. Not. Yeah, not yet. <laughs> it's too early in the day well, it's afternoon. to be scared. <laughs> It's not okay. It's barely afternoon, literally. Yes. Well, before we get started with this episode, which I'm actually very, very excited about, I've been looking forward to this one actually for a uh, while. Might need two cups of Joe for this one. Oh, okay. We'll have to see. Um, But before we get started with that, um, I want to do a little painting of the picture of where we are at right now because. Caleb, dare I say it's one of the prettiest spots we've ever parked? Well, you definitely have heard you multiple times over the last week, two weeks, proclaim that this is, quote-unquote, the prettiest part of Colorado, in Mm -hmm. your opinion. Mm -hmm. Yes. Do you agree? You know, it's hard to judge prettiness. It's true. I do think it is the most, like... Dramatic. Dramatic slash breathtaking. Yes. I I actually, I thought, I've been thinking about that actually since uh we've been here, because I've wanted to say, oh, this is the prettiest spot we've ever parked in. Yes, I have been saying a lot. (laughs) This is the prettiest part of Colorado. I've said it to multiple people. Um, But I've kind of sat with it and I've been like, what do I mean by that? Because I also think other areas we park in Colorado are incredibly pretty as well. It's like, what makes this like i don't know i feel like i needed to use different adjectives so yes i came up with dramatic and um stunning i think like it just it stunned you like you said you said breathtaking yeah it stunned you it takes your breath away it's dramatic it is 
Yes. So, anyways. It is the most intense of the landscapes in Colorado. Okay. Some of the other ranges of Rocky Mountains are a little more... They're still pretty. They're just less dramatic. They're they're just less dramatic. Mm -hmm. This is like fantasy novel shit over Mm -hmm. here. Honestly, literally, that Lizard Head Pass rock is the spitting image of Urethiru in the Stormlight Archives. No one's going to get that reference. Someone will. Goat, if you're listening, please, you're with me. Man, (laughs) listen to this one. I know you will. Um... So yeah, we are parked, we're parked right outside of Telluride, Colorado, which I have said is, I think, it, it's, it's something. You gotta it's see the, it. the quote unquote Switzerland of, um, of I think Colorado. technically Ure is Okay, that, Ure. But, but Ure, they're all, they're right the next same to range. Each other. Yeah. I know. Um, but the actual spot that we are parked in, we're of course not in the town right now, we're, you know. 20 minutes outside of town or so but the spot we were parked in right now we're literally on the ledge of this ridge yes um and over the ledge is first it's like a little field of wildflowers which have been so pretty it's like yellow and reddish orange and purple then if you look further out in the distance you just see some rolling oprah's house you see some rolling green hills, <laughs> some green plateaus, some aspen groves. And yes, Oprah's house is on one of those hills. Is it? Like, do we know for sure we, yet? I don't know. Okay, I think it is in this area. I do not know confirmation-wise if we can see it from our spot. Okay. We okay. can see a few amazing Colorado cabin mansions out like here. Like multi-million dollar yes, houses. Yes, and they're kind of spread out through the hillside. Mm-hmm. And one of those is apparently... One of Oprah's houses. Yes. So Which that's... I did Google her house in Telluride, Colorado. Looked at pictures of it so I know what it looks like. We're a little far away to be able to see like that much detail. Right. Um, but yes. She's somewhere. <laughs> her house is somewhere. One of her houses. So is we are currently living above her with a better view <laughs> for free. But past, past these rolling green hills and green plateaus and aspen groves... We are, like, I would not 360 degrees, but, like, 180 degree. Like, from left to right, it is just straight up mountains. And I mean, dramatic mountains. Yeah, and if you want to see the mountains we're looking at, go grab a Coors Light. Mm-hmm. And uh, if you want to put it in the fridge and make the mountains turn blue, you can do that. If you don't, just look at the mountain on it, and that is Wilson Peak. Mm-hmm. which is Mount what, Wilson. Mount Wilson, damn yes. it. There's yeah. a Wilson Peak and there's a Mount Wilson. I don't know why they did that to us. It's very confusing. The Coors is Mount Wilson. But literally the Coors logo of the mountains on their can is... Hello, and welcome to Yoga Girl. My Sorry. Is Mount Wilson. <laughs> That was the best little clip right there. I was right trying there. to look it up real quick. No, and what? That's Aaron's job. What are you doing? We don't, I look, know. We don't Someti- look stuff up. Sometimes I do. Sometimes okay. I play Aaron. Um, but yeah, the core, like you just said, the Coors Peak is right outside our So window. I guess you could deem that picturesque or logo-esque. Yes. And they haven't rebranded in a while, so those mountains are slapping. Yeah. And trust me, from seeing them... As I lean out our window, they are slapping. Yeah. So we've been here for the last couple of days, um, really just soaking it in, soaking in the fact that we can be here for free. It just still blows my mind. Um, the fact that we can stay up here and not have to move for a few days has been very nice because that has not been our life lately. Um, so yeah, that's where we're at right now. We're very happy. We can't stop looking out the window. Um, <laughs> when we first parked here... We got here kind of like around late after or mm-hmm. early afternoon, mm-hmm. and like 
we've been up here before we came up this way our first year in the van and so i've seen this view before but it felt like i was seeing it for the first time and literally whatever plans i kind of had in my mind once we parked in this location to settle for the day i just threw them out i'm like i'm just gonna sit in our couch and look at the view for yeah. the rest of the day like yeah. that that's what needs to happen right now and so yeah. i read i read some storm stormlight archives yes. so very nice felt appropriate <laughs> yes but that is just to give you a glimpse of you know where we're at that's it hard to describe honestly even harder like i can't take a photo that accurately portrays yeah. like the immensity of the view we're looking at it is incredible and also it's a spot where uh, i think all day every day we've been parked here you know people are tourists are coming mm -hmm. up in jeeps and parking right beside us and like taking views it's like a it's scenic, a popular overlook yeah it's a popular yeah. overlook if you can make it up here yeah which is not it's too not hard. too bad no it's but, not to here no um, this is actually off of the infamous road. We did record a podcast about <laughs> our experience here. We were here about three years ago, almost exactly. It was August of 2020 when we were here. And um, we bypassed this spot and continued to go up the road we were driving on. It gets immensely worse, immensely more tight and bumpy and steep and switchbacky. And we were just Santiago or us were not prepared for that um and we kind of got we didn't get stuck on the road but we got stuck going up it because it was so narrow there was nowhere for us to turn around so we kind of had to just commit to driving to the top of this pass and that was a really rude awakening <laughs> for me personally in van life i remember being very anxious on that drive and very anxious the days following because i knew we had to drive back down um, and we did do a podcast episode about that whole experience. So yeah, it's like called emotion. It's called the Aspen Forest, something like that. Yeah, I think we also plugged that in our last podcast episode. Yeah, yeah. If you want some raw, see this. Obviously, this is raw and real too. But we're kind of in like a blissed out state. That one was <laughs> more of like an anxious state. So uh, I don't know. I was pretty blissed out. We, we made, were at the time because we had, it had already passed. We were reflecting on it, but um you know yeah we had already made it up stayed and for down. three days and down yes. and now we're like yeah never gonna do that again <laughs> but we can talk about it yes exactly okay caleb i want to dive in to you being guest okay campfire chat woo so we need a campfire oh it's way too hot for that no way okay <laughs> okay well caleb thanks for sitting down with me i really appreciate you taking the time out of your busy schedule. I mean, you would have sat down with me anyways, but now you're sitting across from me, not next to me. So yes. thanks for choosing well, that you know, position. Your agent reached out to my agent, got to my secretary. We booked out this date, you know, at least two months ago. So you're I was a busy able to, man. I was able to fit into my schedule. Yeah. <laughs> Between well, all my hand panning and my reading of Stormlight Archives and just also staring at mountains, staring at mountains, it's hard to work in a podcast sometimes, you know? Wow. I had no idea that it was that challenging. Well, thank you so much. I did not know the sacrifices you were making. Welcome yes. to the show. <laughs> but I kind of just want to start, like, I just want to start with when and where you started, you know? So oh. what, I mean, really, I just want to start with you kind of like as a kid, like, what were you like as a kid? What was Caleb, hmm. Kid Caleb like? <laughs> I think Kid Caleb, and I think this will be a motif through my life, mm -hmm. was pretty weird. <laughs> <laughs> um, and also very shy, from what Aww. I remember. I, I feel like a lot as a kid, you know, you have weird little flashbulb memories yes. and stuff. But I think a lot of it, 
your memory is almost like built back as you grow up being told like memories from your parents and stuff and like how you were as a kid. Mm-hmm. Like, so some of my memories may have like, I feel like they're mine, but they might've been like added to like and filled out by my parents when I was older telling yeah. me how I was. Or as maybe a kid. by home videos. That's always one for me. That yes. too. But, uh, I think I was pretty shy and quiet. Um, I did not like to be in crowds or to be separated from, uh, you know, my parents or my family. Um, like always cried, going to the first day of school mm-hmm. <laughs> and you and I had that in common which is funny yes and then another I guess my only hobby I can think of at the time was I was very into bugs and insects <laughs> as a kid so just like what do you mean like what how did you like did you have a bunch of bug and insect toys you played with or like how was that manifested like how Um, what did that hobby look like like, i remember and justin actually tells a story so i met justin my longtime friend um in kindergarten is when we became friends so now we've been friends for over 30 years which is super cool and i remember (laughs) he always tells this story so like in kindergarten like you can't you're friends with everyone essentially but you don't really know each other that well yeah i remember he tells this one story in recess where he was like playing and like we you know we were kind of becoming kindergarten friends at that time and he was like wondering where i was and he looked over and i was like digging in the mulch trying to find grubs and that's like, I just, that's what I remember from kindergarten during recess is like me and I think there was at least a few other people with, I was probably the main one, but we'd go over in these areas and like dig up these grubs and just kind of play with them. And then, uh, I just remember always finding, stumbling upon interesting bugs. Um, I think that was also influenced by my dad. He, I think he liked bugs a lot too. And that kind of came off on me. Like I remember, uh, we ended up, he kind of captured a praying mantis one time mm, and we yeah. like set up a terrarium for it in my room and so i got to witness this and we didn't know the gender or anything it was pretty big and praying mantises are still like one of my favorite bugs and it ended up having it was like a female ended up laying eggs and then all the eggs hatched and we had like i watched all these like who knows how many 50 to 100 tiny baby oh praying goodness. mantises and then the mom dies after she lays eggs. And that's t- that's typical. That's typical. And so, which was sad, because one, we didn't even know she was a female. We didn't yeah. know she was pregnant. All of a sudden, yeah. she lays a bunch of eggs and then dies, and then all the eggs hatch, and we just, like, let them all go in our backyard. But, wow. But, like, a swarm of tiny praying mantises. It was still so cool. How long was so that? So, shit like that, like, <laughs> I think really kind of, I don't know. I was a little older at that time. I was in kindergarten. I think it was in first or second grade. But I just remember that was a cool experience. But how long was that from, like, you capturing to letting the babies go? Like, was it a long time? Oh, from the original praying mantis? Yeah. Um, no, like I mean, in, as a kid that age, it feels yes. probably, like, a yeah. lot longer in my mind. It could have been, yeah, it could have been just a few weeks, honestly, or yeah. a month that we tried to make it happen. Because, yeah, I'm sure... I mean, obviously, she wasn't. She didn't mate once we captured her, so yeah. I don't know. It had to be beforehand. So maybe it could have even been a short time period of just like a few weeks where it went down. But still, you know, core memory, as the Instagrammers would say. It's from Inside Out, but oh, yeah. Inside out. <laughs> <laughs> it's trendy now, um, as the trends would say. So did you, when you were in elementary school, did y'all do that? Um, where you like watch the caterpillar grow into a butterfly, basically, like that whole process? Did we do that? A lot? Like, did like, you have, at my school in kinder, or not kindergarten, I think it was like second grade, we had little terrariums. Yeah. And, you know, well, Everyone? So you, the desks were like clumped in groups, oh, you know, yes. and every group had one. And we had caterpillars in there and literally like it'd sit on our desks all day long for weeks. And we just watched the whole process of caterpillar 
to uh, cocoon and chrysalis yeah. to butterfly. I've actually been wanting to do that in the van Did you? <laughs> recently. I think I pitched that to you, you have. a few times. Did y'all do that? I can't. I, I vaguely remember something like that. Didn't you maybe say you... I don't think it was. I, I don't remember as many as like per table, but maybe like at one point a classroom of mine had that going on. And I also remember in first grade, Miss um, Nix, which was a great teacher, met Cusick there, uh, first grade. Um, but we, she had an ant farm and yeah. ant farms are super cool too. <laughs> I don't know how I feel about them currently in this state. feels like a prison <laughs> to mm. them maybe, but yeah. you get to really study ants and it yeah. was really cool. So like, it sounds like even your schooling combined with your dad, like really like helped with helped shape that hobby a little bit yeah. you know it's not like, i just i think also had just a natural draw to it yeah. and those were also catalysts like keep me they were like paddles on my boat keeping me going down they were the river. supporting yeah, it yeah they, su- sure. they were supporting it yeah so then how did you start to like grow and change as you got older like later into elementary school and into early middle school were you still were bugs still like the center of your focus in terms of hobbies and what you're interested (laughs) in or did that grow and change you know i think the bugs fell off a little bit Mm. not because there were less of them or because i cared less about them i guess i just found some other stuff to entertain me by but They've actually, spoiler alert, they've come back around since we've been in the van. <laughs> Definitely. Because there is currently a bug exhibit in Denver that we're going to go to for my 34th <laughs> birthday. So. I'm glad you, I had actually forgotten about that. So what? I'm glad you reminded me. No. Shit. We were literally in Denver like early May and I went in actually to like this mall, which is such, I feel so out of place in malls now. <laughs> One, they feel s- way too clean for me. They're all like white marble <laughs> It tile. is always a white floor. And I'm just like. I just feel super dirty. <laughs> it's like the Denver airport with that white floor. <laughs> yes. But anyway, so yeah, walking to the hotel, they had like these big banners and it was like this bug exhibit at the Denver Science Museum mm-hmm. running through the end of August. And I was like, Amy, found our birthday plans. <laughs> yes. So it's that, it honestly would be very cool. Yeah, for sure. But no, I just think, I don't know, I didn't pursue a path to like study bugs. So it yeah. just, they kind of fell out. Yeah. I always liked finding them. I would always find, you know, praying mantises still. You do, and you still find a lot of bugs. You have a really good eye for it, I've noticed. Yeah, I feel drawn to it, or my eyes do. They catch them visually. So then what started to replace that hobby, or what hobby started to kind of, like, start to fill out and shape Caleb? Sports. (laughs) (laughs) At some point, the sports seed was planted. I mean, I guess it was planted and influenced early on by my parents. They were signing us up for, I guess, swim team was the earliest. Mm -hmm. I did play a year of coach pitch baseball um, when I, yeah, I didn't, only one season, did not last long on that. Um, But yeah, after, mainly just became like swimming and basketball and then which eventually let the basketball so sports definitely started and then everything else just started falling off yeah like an elimination diet yes yes <laughs> sports became my only item well when did music come in because i know that eventually came into your life while sports were still there too true what do you mean by music though just playing like, music okay playing like guitar music. right i guess to the age where it was around like eighth grade and middle school that is true music it always felt more hobbyish though mm. than sports. What sports, did sports was like, feel like 
almost like my my uh, personal legend. Okay. <laughs> you know, it's like part of time, your identity. Yeah, part of my identity. Like I was meant to do this, and mm-hmm. like I, I'm. This is what is gonna lead me into the future, where I was always super interested in music, love music, and around eighth grade when like we had the music class, um, a few of my friends, like Justin, I, I mentioned, like we're wanting to get instruments, and we all kind of like. We're throwing out ideas around our circular lunch tables when we had the same lunch period mm-hmm. about like, well, if you got drums and I could get a guitar and like he could get a bass guitar and then we could like start a band. And like, I was really into that because we did, we were into music and like, that's always been a drawing factor too. At the time it was like Christian contemporary music, mm-hmm. <laughs> but, um, so that, yeah, that kind of led it to where I, I did eventually like, ask for a guitar and got one. I think for Christmas or some, or maybe my birthday, just kind of like a, a training guitar mm-hmm. essentially. Um, and so, yeah, we like loosely started a band and kind of kept that going through high school and kind of loosely kept that going. But there were so many moving pieces. It was hard to get like fully committed with, you know, me playing basketball for one. We had other guys like run doing other sports like cross country. And so to, you know, to really kind of sink in together and align and, your schedules and, and everything. Align, yeah. Mm-hmm. Even in high school, because, yeah, high school sports were, like, always my number one. And that was kind of uh, also one of my friends. Like, that was their mm-hmm. – that's going to be their priority. Playing music is great and fun and a great way to hang out with the friends, but always a step back. Yeah. So I'm intrigued by – you mentioned you were saying basketball wouldn't, didn't feel like a hobby anymore. It felt like a person – your personal legend. Like, you were <laughs> yeah. meant to do this. Um that's a, I think that I always get really intrigued when I hear people say something like that. Like, I was meant to do this. Or, like, I feel like this is why I'm here is to, for this purpose or for this. That might be a little too deep for what I meant. I didn't I was, say personal legend, but... Yeah, I'm just... I'm in... So, do you think that might be too deep? Because if it wasn't, I just wanted to be... I'm really intrigued by that feeling and, like, maybe how you knew that or when you realized that and did, was it something you felt internally or was it something everyone else was telling you like yeah you're really good at this you're meant to do this this is what you're here for this is what you need to invest all your time in or whatever was that like a personal um motivation or was it outside sources i think it was both yeah definitely i think I think it just became with everything I had, like, you know, as a kid and as, like, growing up, you dip your toes in a lot of different avenues. And, like, yeah, you know, like I said, your parents push you to do stuff, too, where they're like, yeah, sign up for baseball, try Mm -hmm. out swimming, do this camp or club or something. Mm -hmm. You know, just just expand your kids' horizons and see what avenues they kind of, like, sync up with. And I think from a very early age, I kind of, like, it was pretty obvious to me and to the people around that, like basketball was the, the path. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, and yeah, as I continued to get older and like into high school, that just became more prevalent to where one, I enjoyed playing it all day. <laughs> you know, I would go to the YMCA's in the summer for, at like 8 a.m. because I stopped doing swim team, but my sisters would still do it. So my mom would take them to practice at 8 a.m. and drop me off and I would stay until like, honestly do like a school day. <laughs> She'd come back and like, picking me up around three to four and then sometimes I would go back at night for like the big adult pickup games that were Mm -hmm. like from seven to nine or something and so some days like I would that would be my summer from like freshman year to probably junior year I think it kind of tapered off senior year yeah I don't remember and and afterwards when yeah but 
When you got girlfriends. When I got girl, yeah. When I got girlfriends, and I realized that basketball wasn't actually going to amount to anything <laughs> in my future other than a fun pastime. But at the time, it was like an endeavor that, yeah, I equally enjoyed playing it, and then I was also finding out that I was very skilled at it, and those two working together just enhanced both of them. When did that change? So that's where, oh, when did it change? Yeah. Uh, probably with girlfriends. Really? <laughs> I realized, oh, there's better things in the world than just this stupid game of basketball. Really? No, I, I mean, I was about no. to say, that doesn't sound, I don't know, it doesn't really sound, well, I don't know you. I'm your host. Yeah, you gotta get to know me, I don't know me, if that sounds like girl. you. Girl, <laughs> are you my girlfriend, huh? I was at one point. <laughs> still am, still am. You were. Uh, I think it just changed towards my kind of loose goal i didn't have much of a direction in high school i don't know if any high schoolers ever have much of a direction in what they want to do i think any kid who even dabbles in the sport and is decent at it has some you know lofty american dream of making it professional Mm -hmm. and you know um i think i was starting small with i would at least you know if i could get to go to a big time college and play basketball that would be kind of like a dream um and once that kind of started when i had started having some self-awareness just not, I mean, I, I probably was not good enough and am not good enough, but just also with the self-awareness of like the situation I was in, it was going to take a lot of work to get me to like a decent halfway point of being able to play past high school. And I was learning that that meant basically if I thought my high school was taken up by sports, my next like four or five years of college, which everyone hailed as, you know, your most favorite years of life would be completely evaporated by doing a college sport Mm -hmm. and I felt like at that time I was just kind of ready to try something else like so I I almost dropped it cold turkey yeah crazy yeah you because it was literally like I said my my purpose in life in high school was basketball yeah and like still like one of the reasons I don't really like running into people from high school I haven't seen since then they're always just like you still playing basketball that's literally the only question they ever fucking ask (laughs) (laughs) I'm just kidding no offense to those people Okay. <laughs> <laughs> they can ask that question. That's fair. That's all they know of me. Yeah. That's what yeah. I'm saying. It's, it is, <laughs> I always find it really interesting at what point in life you meet someone because, yes, as you're just saying, if people only knew you in high school and then everything, you know, all communication dropped off after high school, that's all they're going to know about you. And so that's, I don't think they assume that's still the case, but that's all they know to ask, really. Yeah, exactly. And then if you meet people now... And I mean, you haven't, I, I know you haven't touched a basketball in years upon years, um, which is a big deal to high school, Caleb, but people meet yeah. you now and you might mention that you played basketball. This is how it always happens. You mention you played basketball and I'm like, <laughs> okay, he didn't just play basketball. Like we need to go a little deeper here. And everyone's incredibly shocked because if they've just known you in the last, I mean, really in the last 10 years, but definitely in the last five they're very surprised. Yeah, I feel like I remember, uh, actually, yeah, definitely in the last three years since we've been in the van, mm-hmm. I feel like we've gotten that reaction a lot of where if we told people, like, we were very sporty mm-hmm. um, and, like, really good at basketball, they're always like, what? You played sports? Like- well, it's funny because I think people find out because they don't, people are always surprised we enjoy, we still really, really enjoy watching sports yes. and we follow football very very closely and we follow basketball pretty closely as well and it's always funny when people find that out they're like wait y'all like sport you care about sports yeah like, we d- i guess we just don't give off those vibes but even <laughs> then i remember um when we moved to denver i remember actually 
Peyton finding mm-hmm. out for the first time. He's like, wait, you played basketball? <laughs> I'm like, and that was still five years ago, yeah. six years ago. Yeah. That, so, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> do you like, do you connect with anything about that version of Caleb anymore? Like, do you feel like there are things from that version of Caleb that are, have carried over into your life now that you still connect with or did it kind of like, did that version of Caleb kind of die off with the basketball? No, I really think I just kind of left off. I just dropped the basketball. Like it was just a duffel bag I was carrying, but like a gym bag to the gym to play basketball. (laughs) Yes. You got my analogy. (laughs) Good job. But, uh, but like, I feel like I'm still the person holding that was holding the duffel bag i just mm-hmm. picked up a new one mm-hmm. to carry but i still think i'm very much a lot of those like mental lessons you know sports you, analogies are always so cliche but i do feel like they really changed me and helped like really shape a lot of who i am now just like t- playing team sports and competition and being in high pressure situations and leadership skills and social skills and teamwork skills and team building skills like as cliche as that sounds no I feel like I still will trace back to those years upon years of high school of just practice and day in and day out and you know yeah they were pivotal I almost think you've like to use another term (laughs) pivot foot (laughs) I almost feel like you've like redirected all the energy there and just like I pivoted <laughs> to face no, another redirected. way. Okay. Redirected. And like have put it in all these different tributaries or different avenues. Ooh, I love that analogy. And then also you have definitely like I've heard you use like sports analogies or basketball lessons. Like you've even been like, I remember in basketball, this, this, this and you're like applying that lesson to a different everyday life scenario. Like, yeah, it's I've obviously not being applied to basketball in my nowadays yes. life, but Yes. I've yeah, definitely so many, heard you talk through that before. So many moments of like mental challenge, even like specific moments in games. I remember where like I overcame a hurdle or like, you know, I hit a big shot or something and that, yeah, they stick with you. I think they're building blocks of your identity and who you are. Mm-hmm. And then what I think is really cool about you specifically, Caleb, is that you can take something like that and you see the connection. Like you see how those lessons and those moments where you hit the big shot. It wasn't just about you hitting the big shot. Like there's a bigger picture or like a bigger, I don't want to keep saying lesson, but I don't know what to say. A bigger (laughs) lesson going on here that like you'll carry with you the rest of your life. It's not just that one moment, quote unquote, you were the hero or whatever. No. It's like, no, you're going to take that experience and it's going to like manifest and live out in different ways in your future. And I think you've always been aware of that, which is really cool. Yeah. I think it's something I strive for. Yeah. Too. Like intentionally like connecting things. <laughs> connecting like things that you wouldn't think. I like I think I like biggest. learning from experiences and I feel like every experience is an opportunity to learn and like when you like kind of like our we've been talking about in our podcast series. I know, I'm breaking the fourth wall that I'm not a guest anymore. <laughs> but uh like but we've been talking about in our podcast series about how our card of the year is the Cobra and mm-hmm. as a student of life to where every moment you can be like learning. And like, we've also been talking recently, recently about how you learn, how people learn. And so like, first you like intake the information, but like a further step in learning is then being able to apply it yeah. and like teach it then. Mm-hmm. And then it really sticks with you. And that has always like, I definitely believe that. And so like when I learn, when I find myself learning from a situation, if I can take what I've learned and apply it to another one, I know it's going to like stick with me more. Hmm. Are there any like 
have you noticed any themes of lessons that keep popping up for you? No, not really. Okay. <laughs> They're probably all over the place. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah. I know for me sometimes, like, I'll think I've learned this, I don't know, it could be like a really broad lesson, you know, mm. like, of being in the, pr- being present or whatever, staying in the present moment, that broad general lesson. And I'll think like, okay, I never think I've mastered that, but I'll be like, I'm improving in that. And then I'll like, no, like a moment will present itself and that lesson will go to the wayside and then I'll be like, oh man, like I forgot yeah. <laughs> to be present or to practice presence there. Um, and it's almost like this lesson that like, I mean, it could hit you in the face every year you know like Mm. a reoccurring one but that's like with that it's like how lamps always says we learn something though you don't always know what you learned in the moment i don't think like sometimes i think when the experience happens and you feel like afterwards you've learned something yeah you don't know what you've learned until like it comes back around you're like wait i've I've dealt this i've done with this before and i learned from however Mm -hmm. like this situation somehow connects to this one and so i can you know do you remember a moment of that happening in your life? Uh, no, it's too specific. Okay, I, I gotta, that's fair. You know, I stay vague around here. Okay. I gotta keep some mystery to me, too. Okay. You know, that's Which one of the things you're always attracted to, always my mystery. So I can't say, this podcast, honestly, is ruining that, I think. Over the course of the last three years, I think I've talked way too much into the world. I, yes, I'm glad you brought that up because that is something I used to always say. This like harkens back to the basketball version of you. So for those who don't met, don't met. For those who don't know, Caleb and I met in high school. Um, and yeah, he was the basketball guy. Like that is, if no one, everyone knew your name and what they knew is you were the basketball guy. Yes. And um, <laughs> so I always, of course, knew who you were for a long time because of that. But like until we didn't actually... We didn't actually meet till your senior year of high school, my junior year. And when we actually met and I actually like would like, you know, got your number and we would text just as friends and like talk just as friends. I realized like, okay, there is way more to him than just the basketball guy. And I like, and I always called it your mysterious side. I was like, yeah, he's obviously great at basketball. He's an athlete. We love that. Athletes are sexy. Cool. Uh, But there's also this like mysterious side to him like he's not all athlete like there is more there and i used to always tell you that 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 was my definitely something that attracted me to you and it's still true today you know yeah except for these podcasts oh okay Just giving away all the mysteries <laughs> no you've stopped <laughs> yourself so you're yeah, keeping I've it. Myself. <laughs> but to come back to something too with that i always especially when we were talking about how i just dropped basketball mm-hmm. i think towards the later high school years i also started to feel kind of different from my other teammates mm. and I, maybe I, I i always felt that because um i remember when i was like first trying out for those teams in middle school i felt like i was coming from i don't like everyone else who was trying out were kind of like in the same group of friends and stuff like they were all the athletic people and mm-hmm. i never really you don't i mean hanging out in middle school is kind of hard outside yeah. of school so yes. but like those were the people i didn't really i knew them but yeah as a middle schooler i never like flocked to that crowd and that was and i was so i was kind of an outsider coming into the basketball realm too because your group of friends in middle school were not basketball players they were not yeah they were like decently into sport like liked enjoying sports as an entertainment but weren't really going to pursue past yeah. to like play it uh ac- like academically mm-hmm. which was something i wanted to do mm-hmm. and so 
Uh, so I kind of like dove into that, came in. Uh, so I felt like an outsider getting into it. And then definitely later in high school, like I was still friends with all my teammates and stuff, but I could see that like their, how they viewed sports and were attached to it was like different from me. It felt like a interesting. I'm not saying they were like shallower yeah. or like, you know, had less levels, but there was a lot of things where when I looked out at my interests and stuff, there was a lot of different routes I could go. And basketball was, had kind of just become one of them. But, um, so yeah, I also felt like a kind of different hmm. there too. Always. So you had that awareness at that time. You're yeah. not talking like looking back now. You Correct. realize it. Well, you knew yeah. it at the time. Because then I remember, uh, well, one thing I did my senior year, I was in the play. I was yes. a thespian, which like that always felt like, a, you know, a low key part of me. Like growing up, my friends and I would always like make movies and write scripts and like make per- do these productions mm-hmm. and act in them, not just film them and act them, but edit them, do all these things. And so, you know, yeah, I felt at one point I wanted to try out another avenue. So I tried out for the play my senior year and I made it. And mm-hmm. so, yeah, I was in, you were in the talent show every year. I was in, in the talent. Too. Yeah. With playing music. Yeah. With the band, yeah. quote unquote. Yeah. yeah. So, you know, that was, I wasn't, you know, the only person to play sports that would like cross paths like that. But definitely, I, I feel like I was the only one on the basketball team that was dabbling in anything other than singular sports. I would say definitely, too, at the level you were at. Like, I yes. think since you were like the star, um, of course, it makes sense for you for that to be your tunnel vision like right. for that to be your only and path. to be like my yeah my only path yeah. in life would to be want to pursue that and yeah. I, as i got older i just started finding other things that i wanted to pursue yeah that is so interesting it's i think one of the things that's very very cool about you is i feel like you've had awareness for a long time and like we're hearing it come out now you know um yeah see i'm giving the mystery away <laughs> the mystery was just awareness, awareness. yeah <laughs> No, it's, um, it's unique and it's, uh, really enticing and interesting to, to hear about, you know? Um, but I think that's really cool. And that's something that I think has stuck with you, even as you've gotten older, like that's been a common core thread in your journey, I think, is that self-awareness. Yes. Um, okay. I agree. And thanks. Yeah. (laughs) So high school ends, you go on to college. Yeah. What was that transition like? Um, weird and harmless. <laughs> 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 because I ended up going for you know I don't I don't know how long you've known us, but Amy and I went or I am considered a Lipscomb Academy lifer. So yes. I went to the same private school from kindergarten through a graduation of high school and then they also have a college and a master's program and so it was and they're all on the same campus uh minus the elementary school yeah and so i literally had to just walk across campus from high school to my freshman dorm (laughs) and there was like you know incentives to just stay with the school Mm -hmm. um at the time after kind of dropping basketball while i had a lot of like different potential paths and like interests i really had no absolute clue what I wanted to do other than like I wanted to go to college and definitely like hang out with friends and have that college experience but no idea what I wanted to study academically or pursue in terms of path yeah and so that was kind of weird I guess but also like harmless is in like I literally roomed with three dudes I went to high school from like friends and so I still had similar high school not one of them what two of them you went to high school with okay true two (laughs) two of the three two of the three yes 
And then, you know, I was still very connected. We were dating at the time, and mm-hmm. you were still in high school mm-hmm. at across campus. And so, like, the line was kind of blurred between my college experience and the end of high school. Obviously, it felt different because we had more personal freedom. Yeah, you weren't living at home. I wasn't living at home. Yeah. I was living in the dorm. But I just really had no idea what to do yeah. <laughs> with life, which is probably every college kid's mindset. So I was just having fun and, yeah, didn't know what to do. How and when did you decide? Did you ever figure out what to do? <laughs> nope. I don't think I have. I don't know. <laughs> Same. Spoiler alert, no. Same. <laughs> no idea what I want to do this afternoon. I don't know. You said we had to record this podcast, so yes. I started there. Yes. No, and that's that's kind of what led me. We started going to Haiti, the mm-hmm. country of Haiti, um, through our school was a Christian school, which is a religion <laughs> that is very prevalent. And uh, so, yeah, we would take these, what they're called, they're called mission trips to go to Haiti, which was like a third world country, was always on the do not fly list at the time we were going. Uh, But yeah, I don't know really what attracted me to that. I remember just seeing it honestly in a flyer around campus that there was this mission trip to Haiti and I was immediately intrigued and wanted to go. Yeah, I remember your first trip going. I was still in high school. It was your first. Yeah. Right? It was your freshman summer. Yes. Because this trip would go, like, right once school got out. Right. Um, And, yeah, I remember you telling me, you're like, I think I'm going to go on with this group from college uh, on this trip to Haiti. And I was like, what? That's so (laughs) random. (laughs) Like, I mean, yay, awesome. That's that's great. Like, I support you. But, like, where did that come from? It was just so random. I don't know. I mean, I always liked our mission trips in high school. I went Mm -hmm. to – I really only went to Mexico. And then did some like inner city stuff, but and you went I, to New Orleans, yeah, right yeah, after after the hurricane, yeah. yeah, did some more, but not not in terms of like going like Haiti was definitely a, a huge jump for me, <laughs> going to a country yeah. like that from anything I had done, yeah, even from New Orleans, mm-hmm. and yeah, something just was immediately like, hey, I want to do that, and I had no money at the time, so I started tutoring and doing giving basketball lessons to some like middle schoolers that i had connections with at the time and like literally putting in the jar like money for haiti really like, saving yes that's so cute money to save up and like the parents knew that that's what i was doing so they were oh. like trying to contribute to the parents of the kids the parents of the kids yeah like, tutoring and yeah yeah teaching basketball so it was too. a mutual exchange of energies as you like to say you yeah. know yeah and they liked when i hung they out with their kids teach- which is also weird <laughs> i was some kind of role model to all these kids at the time <laughs> I'm not, uh, now I'm like the professional athlete who's like, I'm not a role model. Don't, I'm not a role model. And it's like, it doesn't matter. You're in the news. You got eyes on you. People are watching your moves. Moves. I, I, okay, that is so, I can't remember if I remember this detail or not, but that is so, I don't know, it's making me, it's so sweet and so cute and so pure. I don't, it's so pure. Like, you just wanted, you felt pulled there. You wanted to go there. You weren't going to let something like money stand in your way. So you were like, Okay, I'll do these things to save money right, to go yeah. do this. As my Bible professors would probably say at the time, I was called. Yes. They loved using that word, called yes. by Jesus uh-huh. to go. And yeah, something inside me was just like, I mean, there was, Lipscomb offers tons of mission trips. Tons. Like all year round for, for students to sign up and fundraise for and go to Mexico, to Canada. Australia, uh, yeah, the UK, yeah. Africa, yeah. like literally every, probably every continent except Antarctica, I think. Yeah, and for some reason, Haiti was just like caught my eye and I'm like, I'm going to Haiti. And mm-hmm. so we did like a 10-day trip my freshman year and that probably changed my life. How did and, it change your life? 
Oh man, this might be another a series of podcasts in their own. Okay, if we talk about Haiti. Uh, we, I just we could talk about Haiti. Actually. Yeah, for That's a long a, time. Yeah. Um, you can just do a quick. Uh, what changed for you? I think getting to like intimately know some of the people down there, some of the Haitian locals that we now like consider brothers and friends. Um, and just like really just kind of not just seeing their life. I mean, like landing in Haiti is kind of like seeing these mountains that we were describing at the beginning of a podcast, but on the opposite end of, opposite end of the spectrum, mm-hmm. it is, it will take your breath away. It's dramatic. It is dramatic, but not in the way these mountains are on the opposite end of like, it's hard to believe that this is a society and a culture living like this mm-hmm. with just piles of trash burning on your roads and disease and, you know, uh, starvation, like rampant among, you just go house to house. Lack You'll of find, clean water. Yeah. Lack of clean drinking water. And it's like, wow, I just had a coffee at the airport and a bagel and these people won't have that their whole life, mm-hmm. you know, or, you know, and just like that was an initial shock my first time, but then I like really got to know some of the people that we were working with, and I was like, these are the most like stable, mentally strong, like just icons. They became my role models. No, no, like, no, they don't want to be role <laughs> models. Want, yeah, <laughs> and, and like just learning about like how they've grown up and like lived through this scenario and they've become the person they become was like mind blowing. Mm. So we ended up, you know, so we started, that became like a yearly thing. I got you together the next year. Mm-hmm. We started doing these summer trips. All of them were like 10 days roughly. Um, eventually we had some of our, what became like really close friends uh, as part of those groups ended up like moving down there mm-hmm. to work in some of the orphanages and like programs that we had like connections with. And so our last few trips to Haiti were literally just to kind of like go see them and encourage them more than it was to those early trips. We would like, you know, load up on food and go around to the communities and like try to give people meals and like spend time with them and just like hear their stories honestly and just hearing the stories of you know family the family house to house living in those situations and what all they're dealing with uh it's just going to change your perspective especially growing up in this kind of country mm-hmm. yeah yeah and it's i feel like trips like that are an experience that keeps it continues to live through you and continues to like teach you things well past the actual experience. Right. Haiti is definitely one that will always keep coming back in almost in every scenario with like, honestly, I, one thing I like intentionally try, like complaining is not something I ever want to do. In a oh, way, really? Yeah. You've never told me that. It doesn't, that didn't seem, <laughs> wow. Okay. This is a little contradictory, I think. Why to, am I a complainer? You complain all Hey, whoa, I know, okay? I'm, I'm super ki- whiny and complaining. <laughs> I'm just kidding. You really don't. It's just something, it's like a seed inside of me where when I look at something that, like, and a lot of times I'll catch myself after the fact. Like, I will complain about something. And then later I'll be like, how how am I complaining? Like, what am I, what am I, what do I have to complain about? And I think a lot of that is just built for these experiences. Like, my situation is never gonna, it's hard to say it's never gonna be as bad as, or bad's the wrong word, but as scarce and just challenging as what some of these really strong people I've met have, what they had to grow up with Mm -hmm. and Mm -hmm. what they deal with on a day-to-day basis. And I'm like, I'm tired because I didn't get good sleep last night because I was looking at the stars and they're tired because of endless days of just like trying to 
drive 50 miles to get water and food for their family mm-hmm. you know so I don't know. That's so a it's a perspective cool. shift. Yeah, yeah, perspective shift. Haiti definitely started shifting our perspectives, mm-hmm. I think. Mm-hmm. So. And then, so, Haiti continues to be a thread yes. now in your life. And then, of course, in college, like, it was a physical thread. Like, you were going back, going back, going back. Right. Why did it stop? Um, I don't know. <laughs> we went back as early as our first year in Denver. Mm-hmm. I just think after that, our lives kind of just hit a gas pedal. Mm-hmm. And it has not stopped since. <laughs> and yeah, yeah, literally has not stopped since. We're trying to still catch up from Hey Darling 1. Yes, remember? which was March of 2019. <laughs> yeah, we have this inside joke where Amy and I went to this photography workshop and like we're still trying to process that. And that was back in when? March 2019. March 2019. We're trying to process that and everything that's happened since. <laughs> yeah, because like once that started, obviously 2020. Then the van, mm-hmm. and then here we are sitting out here and tell you, Rad, yes, recording this podcast. So, yeah, I don't want to use that as an excuse. I would, I feel you know, drawn to try and go back again. The travel logistics are always difficult, mm-hmm. I think, for us, you know, traveling out of the country one from the van we've talked about, or just traveling from the van, like through, flying, yeah, flying. It doesn't even have to be out of the country, just anywhere in the but US. Then arranging flights to Haiti, which yeah. is still probably on the do not travel list, and especially with all like the, I mean the upheaval that's been in their government the last yeah. three years yeah. is just, you know, I don't know, taking a little break. Yeah. Letting but it hasn't felt right or the right situation yeah. or the right time frame for us to try and like pursue that route. Yeah. It's I also agree. always pretty expensive. <laughs> yes. Yes. There's, so a, it's, there's lots of factors. It's like, I also I want, I want to go back. I also think too, like, uh, with something that big, like you have to plan, you have to plan in advance. Yes. It's not really something we'd be like, let's go to Haiti in like two weeks and you just do it. And we don't do a lot of like huge planning like that in advance. Like that would be something we would really have to sit down and be intentional about. Yes. It's not, we, for like, we don't maybe, plan that. Maybe like years in advance yeah. too. Like yeah. we'd have to start planning for like 2025, a Haiti mm-hmm. trip. Mm-hmm. So it's, it will happen at yeah. some point again. I believe that. I believe that But too. I guess that's why I would have to say it fell off. Yeah. Or like I mean, why we haven't been... It was natural. 19. Yeah. Yeah. It was a natural break. Yeah, because we went in April that year. Yeah. Right. Yeah. I, we were there on my birthday. Yes. Yeah, yes. That's right. <laughs> wow. Happy birthday from Haiti. Yes. Oh, thanks. Thank you for bringing it back. Okay. So Bye, I do actually, I did still have a few things I wanted to cover, but oh. we might have to save those for next time. Okay. But I do want to ask you this, just kind of like as a closing segment, closing remark. Um, if you could go back and tell younger Caleb something, what would you tell him? If you could go back and tell basketball Caleb something, what would you tell him? Um, nothing. That is so you. Because I, I don't want to change the past. You know, it's like back to the future when he could like mess with the past, but it might change the future. He like might erase himself. Like, mm-hmm. Yeah, I know that sounds going to be, that's going to be very me, probably a very cop-out answer, but... So mysterious, though. <laughs> I like how that Caleb's developed, even basketball Caleb. Yeah. So, yeah. I okay. I don't think I have anything to say. You don't have anything you would say to him? Get a hand panned earlier in life. Hand panned? A hand pan. Okay. A hand pan. Okay. Get one of those earlier. Maybe. Okay. But even that would change your future. I so. know. See, you're, you see, you're trying to force something out of me. I already gave my answer. I okay. would not tell him anything. I would just observe him. 
Fair. And learn from him. Mm. I like that. (laughs) I like that. No, I really do. Um, You've always been very, like I said, self-aware, but also really introspective. And I feel like, I mean, I've had the absolute honor and privilege and pleasure of getting to know you so intimately for 15 years. And one of the things I love about you is this kind of goes hand in hand with self-awareness, but I also think like your introspectiveness to learn from and always better yourself. Um, You've always been really grounded in who you are, even if like you mentioned, after you graduated high school and went on to college, you didn't really know what you wanted to do in college. You just wanted to hang out with your friends. So it was kind of a weird time. Um, even in those moments, like you don't really have a path ahead of you. You've always still had this like strong sense of self and like strong groundedness in who you are, even if you don't know who you are. And I think that's always been really, it's been really inspiring for me. And it's also just, I don't know, that's a good presence and person to have in your life not just as a partner but also like to all your friends to Mm -hmm. you know to everyone who's in your life like that's a good and powerful type of person to have so I think that that is something even just sitting here talking with you like I've still seen that theme you know you've always just had this strong sense of self and I think that that's really admirable and I like that about you (laughs) thank you but I always connect to the cliche phrase, those who wonder are not always lost. That is cliche. I think I had a planner, actually, that said that on there one time. But, I mean, come on. It's from Lord of the Rings, so, you know. Really? Does Gandalf say it? Uh, Sam? Bilbo Baggins? Who says it? I don't know. It's probably Gandalf. It sounds like Gandalf. It does sound like Gandalf. It sounds like Dumbledore, too. Yes. Yes, exactly. So, that's why it's still, I feel like, not cliche, because it's like, come on, Lord of the Rings is super quotable. But, (laughs) I mean, I connect with that so much. Like, Evia, what you're saying, that time period where I really had no idea what, you know, duffel bags I wanted to Mm -hmm. pick up, what what faces and masks I wanted to wear, who I wanted to be. But, even in all that wondering and searching, I still did feel kind of grounded and connected, at least, to who... Caleb was. Yeah, which is so, it's very unique because I think, I mean, I know I've experienced this, like, if you're walking through a season like that where you don't know really what bags you're going to pick up, it can feel like you have no feet underneath you, it can feel like you're just kind of floating, and yeah. like, it can feel, yeah, like your limbs are flailing, definitely, obviously, speaking from experience, <laughs> how it's felt for me, um, and it can be hard to have that feeling still, like, I think that is very special, and it's really, really cool, so yeah. Cool. Thanks for sitting down and talking with me up through part of your college career. Wow, we got all my childhood. Yes. We got all previous 30 years. Uh, not quite 30. <laughs> um, there's definitely more I wanted that I had to talk about, but, you know, we might just have to save that for a part two unless you want to be really mysterious and Ooh, not we'll let us have, have a see. part I'll two. I'll have to think about that one, you know. Fine. Okay. I'll have to learn from this podcast and then apply it to my next campfire chats. And, and I'll, I'll probably have, learn that I need to be more mysterious. And I need our agent to reach out, what, like six months in advance? Let's say five months. Okay. Okay. We can do that. Yeah. I'll let... Uh, Aaron is the fact checker, but uh, my agent, his name is actually um, Patrick. And Patrick. Yes. From SpongeBob? Um, 
I was keeping with the NFL theme, but sure, oh, okay. we can go. We can so, go. So yeah, you want the, all the State Farm. Yes, exactly. Okay. Yes, 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 and then I'll reach out to Chris, and we'll just get going. Okay. Thank you. <laughs> well, thanks, Caleb. I love who you've been. I love who you are. I love who you will be. I love you. Well, thank. Oh wow. Thanks, babe. Love you too. Thanks for having me on as a guest. Woo. Thank you so much to you listeners for listening. Um, yeah, that is the first part of Campfire Chats with Caleb. Thanks for staying down now, with me. your homework is to go and draw up what you think Caleb's next 10 years will look like based on the information you know of my childhood. Oh. What happens to me? Where do I end up? Who do I become? <laughs> and whoever gets the closest will win... A handpan session. Oh, oh, session. Okay, session. I was going to say a handpan. No, like, I'm not giving away my handpan. Giving... <laughs> okay. No, maybe uh, you can drive the truck. Okay, noted, noted. Thank you so much for listening. <laughs> we will catch you next time. Peace out. Peace.